everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Dion Show on Business Radio X, where you can listen to smart dialogue about diversity, leadership, and behavior in the workplace and beyond. We are broadcasting live from the Gwinnett Business Radio X studio, located at Sonesta Hotel, Gwinnett Place, Atlanta, in Duluth, Georgia. I'm joined by executive producer, Mr. Mike Salmon. I'm your host, Dr. Dion Wright-Polton, and I'm excited about today's show that is entitled Women in Male-Dominated Professions, Beauty, Opportunity, and Advancement. We're going to explore questions today like, what are the experiences of women in male-dominated professions? Do their experiences differ than in other workplace environments? Do looks matter when it comes to getting in the door, keeping the job, or advancing? Do pretty women have an easier time in the workplace? These are just a few questions that we're going to discuss today. Now, I would like to welcome my guest. They are three outstanding women who are smart, beautiful, and they happen to work in predominantly male professions. They are Miss Jessica Rantamaki, Miss Sherry Hodges, and for this particular interview, we have decided to call our last guest, Julie, because we're going to keep her, her identity uh, anonymous because of her position in working in public service. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for coming here. Thank you, Dr. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, I'm I, I'm 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 happy to have you here, and I'm 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 hoping that you can just start off by telling um, everyone who you are, where you're from originally, if you want, if, how much you want to share, tell us about your business, and anything else you'd like for us to know. Who wants to start? I will start. Uh, my name is Jessica Antimaki. Again, I am with a company, uh, Geo Hydro Engineers, out of Kennesaw, Georgia. Originally, I, I consider myself having two hometowns. I was born in New York City and uh, spent my middle school and high school years in Florida. So I, uh, I have allegiance to both. And now I've been here in Georgia since uh, at, just after the Olympics. And so your industry is construction? It is construction, and our firm does geotechnical engineering as well as job site materials testing. And for people who have no idea what geotechnical engineering is, including myself, what is that? Well, geo uh, being dirt, we actually are soil testing the uh, property to ensure that a building can be built on it. So the soil has to have a certain density depending on the size of the building. So we have engineers that will test the soil. Throughout the construction process, we will also be in place to test the materials and the actual uh, materials being used during construction to ensure that the building is being built per code and it is required. And we work with uh, architects, developers, and general contractors to ensure that your buildings are built to code. That sounds awesome. And, And what is your role in particular? What do you do? I am the business development specialist. So I am out developing relationships with various clients. So it could be a developer, could be an architect. It could also be a general contractor. So we have a variety of folks that we can work with and have worked with. And uh, that would be my role. And I work with a staff of engineers, a lot of them civil, as well as uh, geologists. Fantastic. So you're, you're, you're in essence, the, the face of, your, of the company. I am the face and a lot of times the voice of the company. Awesome. They're lucky to have you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm Sherry Hodge with Skylark Media, and we specialize in creative solutions for marketing in terms of uh, marketing collateral. Also, we do aerial photography and videography with drones, which I am a FAA certified drone operator. Um, There's very few of us in the industry. So um, we pride ourselves in having a women-owned business with a women-owned drone operation uh, added to that business. And um, I'm originally from Toronto, Ontario. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No bias. (laughs) Uh, Originally from Toronto, Ontario, moved to Georgia in 1999. 
I've been loving it ever since. Okay. And ironically, we found out that you knew my husband before I even knew you. So that's a small world. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I am Julie. I um, have an accounting background and I've always worked in business. And so currently I'm working in a business consulting firm and working with businesses here in Metro Atlanta. Um, Unlike all of you guys, I have lived in Georgia my whole life. So all 31 years, I've been a Georgia resident. Awesome. And then so what and what exactly do you do? Um, I primarily help um, uh, work in accounting consulting, finance consulting. So really kind of all about numbers. Okay, great. And then Sherry, you talked about the whole the drone aspect is that's just really cool. Did you see the Super Bowl? With um, oh, yes. Lady Gaga, that was I had no idea those are dr- dr- drones in the um, in the sky. That was fantastic, and 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 when I watched that, I said, "Oh my goodness, that's what Sherry does," and that is a rarity, as you said, for women to be in that field. What is it like being in that particular industry, and um, what was it like in your walking into the training? Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Actually, when I walked into the training, I guess the assumption was that I was dropping someone off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I quickly realized the reason why the assumption was made is because the class was full of men. We're just not viewed as people that take that type of, well, droning serious. It's more of a hobby. Uh, FAA has put regulations to ensure safety and there's different, there's a certain process you have to go to to fly commercially. So I was there to um, start the process, uh, further my knowledge in drone technology. And it just wasn't, I guess, um, a lot of women weren't seen doing it. So the assumption that I guess I was just dropping someone off or getting more information um, was second nature to whoever was um, welcoming the guests at that point. And so did you perceive that or did somebody actually um, overtly say something or, or just through body language and not, not, to, not to discredit what you're, what, right. I know your experience is your experience, but right. what do you, what do you, how, how did you get that message? Because I was told um, what time the class was finishing and that um, if you were picking someone up, they would just direct me to where Oh wow! Pickup was okay. And how did you respond? I said thank you, and then I made my way into the classroom. Good for you. Good for you. Very nice. That's awesome. So, so we're going to continue with these kind of conversations. Just talk about assumptions and 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 biases and preconceived notions that people have about women, in particular in business, but also in and in, in, uh, in, we're talking about in male dominated professions today, and so. What are the male dominated professions? I actually was able to find an article online um, through Ask Man. I'm not sure how scientific it is, but I, I but based upon um, the results that I found, it seemed to be pretty relevant. Or, or, or I would have come up with the same list. So, the uh, for the top ten is number ten is accounting, which we have represented here. Number nine is comedy, in particular writing. Um, number eight is tech industry, which we have here represented by Sherry. Chefs, law enforcement. Emergency services like firemen, firewomen, sports media, math, politics, and number one is construction. Yes. Jessica. Yes. So we have uh, pretty much three of, of the 10 uh, industries represented here. So I have, I have a, a question just to, just to start off or to continue our conversation. So Sherry, you just shared an experience that you had uh, walking into the training for the drones. Do, do one of, anybody else want to share an experience that you've had uh, in the workplace where, where you know your gender was at play, meaning where you know that, that there was an assumption made because of who you are as a woman? 
Sure. Um, it's kind of similar to what Sherry said. Um, a lot of what I do is I have to be out networking and kind of hustling our business um, to get new clients. And so in that role, I, I go to a lot of networking opportunities. I talk to a lot of people and I always kind of get this assumption that I am not the actual consultant, hmm. that I am the marketing girl or maybe the admin. And so it almost, I've noticed, kind of takes people aback when I show them the business card that I am the consultant that will be working with you and your business. And so I, I think that the gender plays a role. I think my age maybe also plays the role. But um, I always have people say, oh, you know, so you're the marketing person or you're the business sales rep. And, and in fact, that's not what I do at all. And then how do you respond to that? Do you do you uh do you, you of course you don't react unprofessionally but how yeah. do you how do you how do you manage that um typically i mean typically i say oh nope i'm actually the consultant and kind of explain the degrees i have or the work experience i have or the size of clients that i work with just in a way kind of to validate myself and my qualifications and what i found is typically when i do that i will say a lot of them seem to be embarrassed after making that assumption mm-hmm. so i think that's some kind of progress um, and so typically it's a non-issue after that, but I think it's just that initial stereotype that maybe I'm there to just market and not actually perform the work. And, and that speaks to uh, the, the work that I do in, in, in helping people to recognize that they make assumptions. We yes, all make mis- assumptions. Everyone does. And so it's a matter of how do we, how do we recover after we've made the assumptions? Right. Are, are, we, are we respectful? Do we, do we apologize? Do we um, engage in more conversation? And, and most times people become more curious and they ask more questions. Right. Which is fascinating because, because obviously you're a trailblazer. You're breaking, you're breaking the stereotypes. So, um, so I, I, I love the way that you handled that. And also with you, Sherry, and I'm going to hear your, hear your story right now, Jessica, because I think, um, for us to react negatively to those kind of things, it kind of just shuts things down because sometimes people just unintentionally do things yes, based certainly. upon what they think they know or what, what they know, what they've learned. So, okay, Jessica. Well, in, in our industry being construction, it's an extreme rarity to have a woman show up on a job site at a job site meeting, visiting a contractor to discuss a particular project Thankfully, I know, Dion, you and I had discussed this um, before that we are seeing more women get interested in construction as a career. And when I say construction, it goes from all gamuts, from engineering to uh, product development. It can also be uh, general contracting, project management. So there's a variety of things that are out there for females to get interested in. I would go to a job site early on in my career. And I think now that I've been in it for so long, I see a, a, a definite difference in, in how I personally approach it. When I first started, I really was getting familiar with the surroundings. And I was truthfully the one and only woman that would go on to a job site in, in many cases. So um, I may not have, have been as prepared, but it just took probably two or three job site visits to understand Here's what you need to do. And it w- I felt very fortunate to have a couple of folks that um, uh, mentored me in, in that. And I had to have that feeling that I was meant to be there. There was nobody that was going to tell me any different. I came in with an, with an attitude of knowing what I was going to talk about. And I think that was uh, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest things is knowing what you're going to say, who you need to talk to, and also dressing appropriately for the the position that you're in. 
a job site is highly personal safety is of utmost importance. So in my car, uh, I have had and and will have all my protection, the the boots. I have the boots, the jeans, the safety vest, the hard hat. And when I come step out of my vehicle, those superintendents and everyone on staff knows that I'm there to do a job and I'm not there wandering aimlessly. So when you carry yourself that way, it goes a, a, a much longer way. So would you say in wearing uh, the construction attire, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, would you say that your gender becomes irrelevant or is it just um, minimized the significance? What do you think? Well, no, I um, I think gender still comes into play because you're having those personal conversations with people on site. And, and a lot of times the men on site are not used to conversing with a woman on a regular basis during the workday. So so it can help you get some information out of, of folks that you, you need to get. A lot of times people think I'm from um, OSHA or some sort of um, like building code inspector. I've had people rush to greet me because they wanted to be sure that I um, was greeted in an appropriate way. So sometimes, uh, and I think thanks to uh, companies that are doing diversity training, I think all industries are becoming more conscious of we need to treat everyone um, more on an equal playing field. So I think sometimes men go overboard and really try and over compensate for, uh, that sort of conversation. So, mm-hmm. uh, it still comes into play, but again, I, I think with that attitude of knowing what you're talking about, uh, you can have, you know, the looks to get in the door. So one of my, uh, one of my mentors said, you know, you, you can have the looks to get in the door, but you have to have the talk to back it up. So, okay, let's, let's talk about that. And I, I, I love judge Judy and she often says on her show that, um, she said, beauty fades, dumb is forever. Amen. <laughs> I love that quote. Amen. And so uh, let's let's piggyback on, on, on what you just said about um, your looks getting in the door. Do you feel like your looks, um, I, I think I would safely say that all four of us are attractive women. Um, well, attractive, as we spoke, it's kind of a relative term. However, I think um, by societal standards, somehow we seem to be closer to the what society considers good looking, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm saying this modestly. Thank you, <laughs> But how do you think your level of attractiveness or your looks, gender, has helped you in terms of getting doors opened or even closed? What do you think? Really? Yeah, for me, it's I've seen it more prevalent in some positions I've had. Um, when I first um, started my career, I actually went to work for um, a more women-based organization that was kind of tailored to women, targeted to women, very woman-based. And I can say with pretty big confidence that if I had not been an attractive female, it would have been pretty hard to get that gig, Um, only because you're kind of representing the company. um, You're in a sales kind of face-of role. And when you're in that, they're just, it's branding to them. So I think it's a methodical decision. But I mean, very similar to what Jessica said, if that may have got me in the door, but my performance is what kept me there. So I, it's definitely played a role. I think in the positions that I've had, the further along I've gotten in my career, um, I've never picked up on anything that seemed like my appearance had as much weight as my previous performances or my resume. But definitely, I think there have been roles where being an attractive female has has helped okay. get my foot in the door. And do you feel 
not guilt, but we, we were born this way, basically. We didn't work right. to get to, 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 to looking a certain way. So do you feel a sense of, not guilt, but I'm trying to find the correct word, but how, how do you feel? Like, did you feel like, oh, this shouldn't be, or are you just accepted as, as just part and parcel of just being a person? No, I think that's a great question. I, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to ever get an opportunity solely from their look. Um, I've never, it's never, I think I just approached it with a mentality of, I know why I'm I'm here, and although other people's perceptions may affect their decision, I'm going to do my job, I'm going to do it well, and I'm going to validate myself beyond any appearance. So even if that individual made an assumption or um, made a decision based on a subconscious of my appearance, I'm going to show them that there's a lot more beyond that. So, but certainly, I mean, yeah, from a, a standpoint of that is kind of unfair, if someone with equal qualifications came in, and I'm not sure, maybe maybe they would have got the position, but probably not. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I appreciate you being so candid, Sherry. I believe looks comes into play. Um, getting that first consultation, depending on the gender, um, I've had face-to-face consultations to uh, provide marketing services. Um, a lot of the solutions we do are graphic design based, so. Um, with what Jessica was saying, you have to know what you're talking about. I find in the tech industry, you have to kind of overcompensate and, um, you know, talk the technical jargon. And I just feel like we shouldn't have to do that just because uh, we look a certain way. Now, if a male went into the situation, for some reason, they're just seen as the expert. So we have to overly compensate. I, I guess the more prettier we look, we have to beef up the conversation with the technical jargon and, you know, the specifications. And um, I think that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. We have that burden to do that. And where a male just comes in with the facts, that's it. But we just have to do a little bit extra to prove that we're just not a pretty face. Mm-hmm. Jessica, you agree with that? Well, oh, yes, definitely. I I think, too, um, some of what will come into play is the the type of position that you have. So I, I have been in business development or and or a sales rep because I have repped building material products before. So I think being in a in a sales role, you're encountering more people and you're really trying to draw them in to gain new business uh, as opposed to um, being behind a uh, either a computer or um, being uh, figuring out plans, doing any sort of estimating. So I'm in my role, I'm interacting with the public on a very regular basis. That's 100% of what I do is interacting with clients, prospects. So definitely for my role, uh, I, I do believe if you want to go with um, um, attractiveness in whatever uh, realm that may be, does help. But again, I, I stress I had to make sure that I knew what I was talking about, whether it was drywall, insulation, metal studs, ceiling tile, being able to talk the technical parts of what my clients were looking for um, what had to keep them coming back to me because then they consider me a trusted resource. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to, um, it's a double-edged sword. I had to, I was able to get into the door, but then I had to prove that I was worthy of them continuing to do business with me just by knowing what I was talking about. Uh, Interesting. And so I've had that similar experience Uh, as an entrepreneur. I have been approached 
probably at least a handful of times by um, men in um, similar industries, not even in my industry, but similar, who, who have wanted to partner. I'm always open to speaking to people, but it's always fascinating that once you get into negotiations or just discussions on, okay, who gets what and percentages and so on, inevitably, I end up having to say, wait, 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 wait wave my hand. Um, I've got the PhD and the, and, and the, the, the research and, and the experience of, of and, and education and so on. And I find it fascinating that sometimes the men will come in with this preconceived notion that somehow I'm going to just be grateful that you want to part with, part with me and give me like 30% and you take 70. And so I've had to stop people a few times and say, no, um, I'm not sure what your, what, what your expectations are, but this is what you're getting. And so if you're getting me, you're going to be getting, you have to, you have to pay me <laughs> in essence. So I've, I've had that happen several times and it's, it's, it's very fascinating. It can be very draining as well. And uh, to your point, all of you that, um, you constantly have to do this self-talk and, and you're literally having a conversation with yourself as you engage with people because you have to prove to them, hey, I'm worthy, I'm worthy of being here. I am smart. Don't look on the superficial, but I'm smart. I've earned my way to be here. And so, so I expect you to treat me a certain way, just, just at the basic level of respect. So I find it, it's, it's, it's all very fascinating. And, and and just on that note too, I think because I've seen a lot of um, programs, news related programs, and and read a lot of articles, it it starts at a very very young age where they've done those um, studies where they've taken a group of children with uh, a kindergarten teacher and they put them in a room with a kindergarten teacher that may be perceived as more attractive than a teacher that wasn't as we'll say attractive, and the children pay more attention and get more involved with it's the perception of the attractiveness. And, and you and Dion, you and I had talked about, you know, me watching Cinderella as a young girl, you know, Cinderella couldn't get the prince until she put on that beautiful dress, put on the right shoes. And then all, all of a sudden, magically she got the prince. So is that, and when I was a, a girl, I loved that movie. Looking back on it now at my age, that's, very anti my my feeling now. So mm-hmm. you're listening to the Dr. Dion show where you hear smart dialogue about diversity, leadership and behavior in the workplace and beyond. I'm speaking with Jessica Rantamaki, Sherry Hodges and Julie. So let's continue that conversation about children. And uh, you had a point, Sherry? About yeah, that? I was going to piggyback off of what Jessica was saying, because I think we were programmed from a young age in terms of what was for boys and what was for girls. In the tech industry, um, boys were often um, encouraged to play with robots and interested in spaceships. And uh, girls were more pushed off to, um, you know, princesses and, and animals and 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 female, more female-based um, subjects. So I think that has to play why society sees that there are certain areas for men and women. And as for going to, say, a tech conference, the way that women are used as almost props to enhance their product and draw attendees to the booths, but the men are there as the experts talking about the product specifications, um, the bet features and benefits of the product and generating those leads with the booth attendees. If this continues, women are still going to be in that secondary class of when it comes to expertise. Men are always going to be seen as the experts in the field. And it makes it harder for us to stand tall in a male-dominated industry like technology, I'm sure the other industries that are represented here today. So that's a problem unless we change it. 
it's going to continue to happen. Do you have an idea of how to change that? What do you think? Yeah, I feel um, in pop culture, we could just uh, have more examples to make girls and even women enter those uh, areas of technology and feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. It is a fast-paced industry. Um, It is intimidating to maybe the working mother um, that might want to take maternity leave and and get the benefits that, um, you know, are normal. And uh, I just think it's a... It's a situation where they just feel intimidated and entering because it's just so male dominated and it's not accepted that they actually fit in. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So when I was um, finishing high school and I uh, decided to do kinesiology and health sciences, and I remember sitting down with a counselor in my high school and she pretty much said, uh, you can't do science, you can't do math. Uh, you should go into typing or some kind of, com- not even computers. It was it was a, like a typing industry. And um, thank goodness for my parents. You know, my, my dad was a huge feminist, completely just a woman, a man that believes in um, um, equality for women. And um, my mother was, she was um, a force to be reckoned with. So, so I ended up doing what I wanted to do. But I just find that um, that socialization that we have, it really can can play a role with kids. And so so for me, as a... Um, as a um as a um mother of two girls i'm extremely cognizant of okay so why don't you like math uh let's do this so i was doing math with my, with my, my youngest daughter last night and so i said okay uh try it this way and she's getting all excited and i i want both of them to have that joy of participating in subject areas that are are are, are perceived as only for males and for boys. And so my youngest right now says, I want to go to Georgia Tech. I want to be an engineer. And she's on that track. She's 10. But nonetheless, I'm going to help facilitate that and let her know you can do whatever you want to do. Forget about what people tell you you, you, you can and cannot do. If you have that inside you, you go, you go for it. You, you need to give your daughter my number because we're <laughs> our, our company is always looking for very strong women, especially in the, in the engineering field. And uh, on that note, I think exposing young children in the classroom, at home, to programs, to people, anything that could get them interested in that, in a field that would not necessarily be what their gender would want them to be. There's a, uh, there is a movie coming out called Engineering Our World. It's an IMAX movie that I think will be out this summer, but it's, it's geared towards children in elementary school and above talking about engineering as a field and how important it is for the world in general. And um, I would love to get as many young women uh, involved in seeing that uh, program just to get them interested in it. That's awesome. So we should run up some girls and go on a trip. Yes. Let's do that. I think that'd be awesome. And there's several programs too, in terms of camps. Um, In the last, I would say five years, you You'll go online, you'll see several coding programs, mm-hmm. um, robotics. So I feel that um, a lot of girls, if they have a daughter that's artistic in nature, I don't think it's a bad idea pushing them more in the tech area because there's also room for that. There is someone that's designing the interface, mm-hmm. which is uh, more of a creative aspect of web development, and someone's doing the programming, but they could still move towards the technical industry in that sense. So there's there's ways to um, encourage that pathway mm-hmm. for girls. And since there are so many programs available, uh, I think 
that it, it might be a change in the climate of girls peaking interest. And there's a lot of girl groups, too, um, nonprofits that specialize in girl coding. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that I think parents should encourage their little girls to enter. That's great. That's I, great. I know here in Metro Atlanta, there's a lot of STEM and STEAM mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. that stands for science, technology, engineering, math. Um, art science. So I know that they have a lot of female driven for young women and children to kind of take that approach and learn some more about those male dominated professions. And that's a fairly recent thing. I think that mm-hmm. that's kind of that wave probably within the last, I would say, last five or six years has been really, really stressful. Yeah, I would love to see some data down mm-hmm. the road and see how many girls who actually participate in those these STEAM um, activities and coding and so on, how, how many of them actually stick with it? And so when they get to right. our ages in our, in our, in our right. 30s and 40s, are they still in those industries? Because mm-hmm. there's definitely, it tends to fall off at some point. Mm-hmm. And I've heard before it's roughly around high school is when, or even before, but maybe 10th grade is when mm-hmm. women or girls start to kind of just go in and other, we, and it could be streaming. As I said, I, w- I was streamed. And had I not um, had my parents to say, you know what? Nope, you go ahead and do your science and math. I would have gone to another industry. Not that I'm knocking into any other industry, but I- I'll be curious to see exactly when those numbers fall off in terms of math, <laughs> sciences, technology, because it's important for us to continue to be in those professions. Very true. So and so, so in, in terms of your former self as your younger self, what kind of advice would you give? If you can turn back some time, what advice would you give to yourself as a woman in any profession and let alone where you are now, but what kind of advice would you give to your, your, um, if you had a daughter or your former self? I think one thing, and I'm, I'm still learning this is to become comfortable standing up for yourself or to be comfortable in confrontation. Um, I think sometimes women tend to, I don't know, get the rep for being a little more emotional. And so it, it kind of can translate to where people are a little apprehensive of being confrontational or standing up for themselves. Um, But I have learned that when I have been assertive and when I have been firm and when I have stood up for myself, it's actually been well-received. I think it was just a barrier that I put in within myself that I couldn't have that voice. I couldn't be assertive and not look like a, you know, stereotypical assertive woman. Um, And so I've learned that that is a balance, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. So I wish I had started that earlier in my career. I would say be bolder. Um, One thing that we do, especially in corporate, that I find a lot of women do is not being as aggressive as we should. Just kind of taking what is given to us, not speaking up and highlighting our accomplishments. For some reason, I I feel that some women um, are afraid to do that. And that serves as a reason why there are more males in the leadership roles, Mm -hmm. especially in corporate, because we don't ask. We don't toot our own horn. We don't um, come in there with authority. So I would, uh, that's the advice I would give to my younger self, just to be bolder and highlight my accomplishments more. Well, and and I think for me too, definitely what our other two uh, guests have said was paramount. One of the other things for me was, uh, especially at this age, I have learned now that um, we as women can be our own worst enemy towards each other. And for me, it's been um, because not only as, as again, what the general population might consider as more attractive than another person in the population. Uh, I think, <clears throat> I think we as women can um, fight against each other more than almost even uh, the, the men can towards us. We might get um, 
into disagreements at work with another coworker who also happens to be female because there's a clash of, you know, I'm trying to prove myself and so are you. So there's a, a battle, a competition rather than let's work together mm-hmm. to uh, really make our case known. So for me, that's been my focus um, as I've matured in the industry to get to know the other women that I'm working with and to really embrace and develop relationships. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very fortunate to to know Nancy Juno. She's the owner of uh, Juno Construction, CEO of uh, one of the most premier general contracting firms in the Southeast. She was just voted on our board of directors for um, Associated Builders and Contractors. I want to surround myself with women who are very powerful and embrace them and learn from them and not feel like I'm in constant competition mm-hmm. with them because I feel at, in my younger days, I felt like I was always in competition with other women. And that's, that should not be the case. I agree. If there was more opportunities and I guess slots for women to be in leadership, it would eliminate the need to compete against each other. Because really, it's as if there's only, you know, out of five leadership positions, there might be only one that they'd consider to put a, a woman in. Um, so I think that fuels the whole competition between us um, in getting those leadership roles. So like Jessica said, you know, working together is, you know, the ultimate remedy for that. But they need to just change the way that the leadership roles in, in corporate for women to excel in. So I think you're pointing out that, that it's, it's twofold. It's, it's, it's addressing the systemic, which is the limited, limited um, opportunities and also the, the behavioral, which is how, how do we conduct, conduct ourselves with each other? And, and, and I, and I do agree. It, it, there's not, there's been, I've had many disappointments and probably the biggest one is encountering women who are very competitive, can be downright catty, unfortunately. And, I'm here to support you, and I, I if, and I'm not, I'm not a threat, and um, I don't see you as a threat to me. I see you as, a, 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 as someone who looks like me, and we can, we can, we can partner. We can somehow collaborate. I can, I, and if I know somebody that could, that, that that could help you, then I'm going to help you. And I, I believe that if I, if I choose not to help you, and I'm in a position to do so, then I'm sowing a bad seed for myself. So just for me spiritually, I just, I cannot get in. I'm not going to get mired in that nonsense. And I really think that um, um, if, 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 if women like us continue to have that mindset, then I think things are going to get better. So it's not by chance that we all met each other. Um, I met each, each of you individually. And so I said, you know what, you'd all be great because I know that, you know, there, there are many of us that are like-minded in that manner and we believe in sisterhood. So I think it's a good, it's a good thing for us to, 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 to come together, even across industries, across race, across whatever age differences. And then just, just, we're, we're stronger together. Absolutely. Great. So um, we're getting close to the end of the show, but I, I, I wanted to just kind of share a, a few nuggets of uh, suggestions that I saw online in terms of, um, and just in research in terms of what women can do in, in male-dominated professions and just in professions in general. One thing that stood out to me was um, don't be anyone's coffee or lunch getter. Anybody want to mm-hmm. talk about that? I will give an example of where, because I would kind of interpret that as don't set yourself up for a stereotype. Um, So to be proactive and not do that. And I'll give a great example. Um, Just in the last couple of years of my career, I have changed the way I emailed people. I, I used to be the type that was like, oh, hope all is well. You know, thank you so much over maybe just overly, um, maybe trying to overcompensate for something. And now I've completely switched that where 
if I I say it in three sentences or less, there's Mm. no exclamation points. And so I've really tried to change my own perception of how I'm approaching emails or communications so that I'm not setting myself up for any kind of stereotype. So that would be one thing. And certainly literally don't get anyone coffee or lunch. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and and I'm fortunate I'm never asked to do that. But I have, there are some subtleties I, I think that I'm still kind of overcoming that maybe come with being a female in a male-dominated profession. Okay, no, that is fascinating mm-hmm. about the email. So so I'm, admittedly, I'm someone, I love the exclamation. <laughs> look, look at Mike. Mike's, yeah. Mike's agreeing with me. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you'll get like smiley faces. I was never a smiley facer, but <laughs> there are people who do that. Okay. All emojis. Yeah. Emojis. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm, go- I'm going to... um. I'm going to absorb that. I'm going to, I'd love to talk to you about that too. And, yeah. and I, I, I would love to hear the psychology behind that. Cause I, I, there, I'm, I'm sure there's some, uh, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm open to learning. Obviously, always. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll share before we start to close that I was in San Francisco. Actually, I, I've done some training with uh, some, some, a tech company in, in San Francisco. And uh, I remember jumping into an Uber with a, a woman and she was there. She worked for some major company that was international we started talking. She goes, what do you do? And I told her what I did. And she says, she goes, oh my gosh. She goes, I can just tell you so many stories. And then she shared the story uh, of being at a conference. Her company hosted a, hosted a conference. And um, so she was in one room and then there was another uh, session another in another room. And one of her male counterparts left that session and came to her and said, hey, um, um, that one's over. So you can go, you can go ahead and, and just and tidy up for us. And she she <laughs> lost it on them. I mean, I'm going to repeat what she said, but it was just hysterical the way she said it. And because culturally, I think I think it was, the person was different culture as well. So I, but I think the expectation was that she was going to go behind him and and the other rooms just kind of tidy up. And she says she goes uh uh-uh. uh she goes because I don't do that. She goes she goes I'm she said her title and and so she kind of set him straight that hey you can't don't expect me to do that. That's not part of my job description. So I, I, I found it, I, I was, I was laughing hysterically, but it, but it does happen. And uh, I think the, the, the lesson here is uh, using our voice. And I think that's what we've been, I think all four of us have said here that you have to use your voice. And, and I find too, if you don't use your voice, you don't necessarily have the right to complain. Because if I tell you that I don't like something, then you're on, you're now on notice. And so if you do it again, then I know you'd be disrespectful. But if you do something and I say nothing, that I'm sitting there festering and I'm upset. And, you, and and that person just may have done something just not even intentionally. So it's important for us to find our voice. And I hope for the next generation, and I know including my two daughters, I'm, I've taught them to use your voice. Don't get emotional if you, if, you, if, you, if you cannot. Of course, you know, we get emotional. We can. But um, use your voice and, 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 and try and, 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 and use um, your intellect to, to, to get beyond situations. Well, I appreciate the three of you Thank coming you. on the show today. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, having thanks us. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. So um, before we go, I would love to, for you, sorry, to share your contact information, uh, your website, telephone, Twitter, email, and so on. And um, also any, I know, uh, Sherry, you're involved in uh, a nonprofit you want to talk about. So feel free and go ahead. Yeah. So the nonprofit is called the Flourish Foundation. And it's a 501c3 nonprofit based in Atlanta. And our focus is on helping girls reveal their 
full potential. We're actually having an event coming up on March 25th at the MLK Rec Center called Bloomfest. And it's a girls leadership symposium open to middle school girls, which is a free event. And uh, I would encourage listeners, if you have a middle school girl, this is an awesome opportunity for them to gather together, be empowered. We have workshops for them. Um, Bloomfestatl.com eventbrite.com is where you you could register. And for more information on the Flourish Foundation, you could log on to flourishlife.org, doing great things in the community. And I just feel that's important for our girls to know that we stand behind them and definitely are pulling for their success. The name of your company is? Skylark Media. I could be contacted via email at shodge at skylarkatl.com. Again, we do creative solutions, uh, do creative... consulting, and we provide marketing uh, services for uh, different verticals in the Atlanta area. And that is Hodge. I apologize. I was, I was putting an S at the end of your name. No problem. It's Hodge. That's, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we also do drone services as well. So you could contact me directly to find out more information on how we could just get that bird's eye view of your next project. Awesome. I am, again, Jessica Rantamaki, Business Development Specialist for GeoHydro Engineers. So we are an engineering firm that specializes in geotechnical uh, materials testing and special inspections. Our main office is in Kennesaw. We have an office out in Athens, and then we have two in the Carolinas. And uh, you can contact me on uh, LinkedIn. I would love uh, for anyone who is interested to connect with me. Something that we are heavily involved in is is working with uh, youth to get all youth interested in construction as a career. We are seeing an extreme shortage in young people thinking that construction is a viable option to um have a, a long, fulfilling career. And I want to make sure women and men know that it is. So we participate in a lot of uh, classroom uh, f- events throughout the state of Georgia. I've got contacts with a lot of the teachers where uh, our engineers will come in and talk to an elementary school class uh, all the way up through high school to show the interesting parts about what we do. We have uh, staff geologists. Uh, one of our geologists, Jesse Bemke, she is out of our Athens office and is working on some presentations for some uh, first and second graders that uh, we hooked her up with for Gwinnett County Schools. And uh, again, so anyone can reach me on LinkedIn. And uh, my email is jrantamaki at geohydro.com. So if you have a group of students or young people that are interested in engineering or anything in construction, please send them my way. And what is your LinkedIn handle? It's just if you uh, search for my name, Jessica Rantamaki, R-A-N-T-A-M-A-K-I, just search for me and just uh, ask for a connection and that you heard me on uh, Dr. Dion's show and I will definitely accept the connection. Great. Thank you. And uh, as I've said earlier, uh, we are protecting the identity of Julie. So if anybody has any questions and like to reach Julie, you can actually contact me and then I will then forward the message. So thanks so much for listening to the Dr. Dion Show, where you hear smart dialogue about diversity, leadership and behavior in the workplace and beyond. Our show airs live on the second Friday of each month at 10 a.m. But you can listen to any of our shows anytime by visiting GwinnettBusinessRadioX.com. We're broadcasting live from the Sonesta Hotel Gwinnett Place, Atlanta in Duluth, Georgia. Be sure to like us on Facebook at The Dr. Dion Show. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dion Poulton and also on LinkedIn at Dr. Dion Poulton. And feel free to pick up my book called It's Not Always Racist, But Sometimes It Is. And uh, if you want to reach me directly, my number is 404-323-3842. And I'm happy to announce that I'm actually speaking at Georgia Gwinnett College next week uh, to the Alumni Association. So I'm enjoying um, this process of um, just sharing um, my my um my uh, expertise and thoughts about diversity and, and how we can better the next generation. So please feel free and reach out um, with any comments, suggestions regarding uh, the show. And I thank you for um, tuning in. And before I leave, I always like to leave a little, a little message. And my little message is expand your circle and your mind. Let people in. Thank you.